you know, even though she was a scholar, you know, she went to college, um, she got a Bachelor of Science degree in sociology and psychology, she still fell victim to the opioid crisis. Um, you know, all it takes is an injury, and then you go to the doctor, and then they prescribe you uh, with the opioids, and then from there, it's pretty much history. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach. And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. It is the beginning of September. It is a new school year for so many of you, and I hope that everything is going well. You're feeling excited and safe and happy in this really important time. Today, I've got another amazing guest to share with you. Martika Chanel is a bootstrap founder, an author, speaker, and she's a mom of three young children while working full-time and co-parenting. She blows me away with how many incredible things that she's able to create and the number of ways that she's serving her community. She is a survivor of her parents' opioid crisis, and that story is very powerful. She shares some of it on our podcast, but I'm also going to link to her blog post. And she's sharing her personal story in her third book, which has just been released. The book is called What to Do with These Red Flags. Now, I forgot to mention during our interview that she is giving away a copy of the book to our podcast listeners. So here's how you enter. It's super simple. You're going to follow Martika Chanel on Instagram, and it is literally instagram.com forward slash Martika Chanel. Don't worry, I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And you just have to subscribe to her newsletter. And as long as you do so before Friday, September 10th, you'll be entered into the draw to win a copy of her brand new book. Okay, my friends. So I'm really excited to get into this interview with Martika. We talk about so many different things, including about, you know, what it takes to accomplish whatever you put your mind to, how to leave a legacy, reacting versus responding, doing mirror work and self-love. There's something in this interview for everyone, but especially those that are moms and, you know, being entrepreneurs and working at the same time, Martika sets such a fantastic example for all of us. Before I get into the interview, I wanted to extend an invitation to you this week to take a peek at my website at wakeupwithgratitude.com. I've done a number of updates, including several blog posts, and I invite you and encourage you to take a closer look. You may not know this, but I have a shop on my website as well, 
where I share my book, 30 Days of Gratitude, as well as some cards and print from the photography that I do here on Vancouver Island. I'm really passionate about getting out for sunrise on most days and sharing my photos with you through my cards and prints. So if you have a quick moment, it would mean a lot if you just took a quick peek at wakeupwithgratitude.com. Lots of great content on there to help you in your gratitude journey. Okay, friends, let's welcome Martika Chanel to the podcast. Hello friends, welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Martika Chanel to the podcast. Hello, my friend. Hi, how are you? Oh, so good. And I'm so incredibly grateful to have you here with us today. Martika is a bootstrap founder, an author, a speaker, and an active community member who believes in giving back. Martika also is the founder of Inspired. So she decided that she wanted to be able to publish books that would really foster an enthusiasm for reading in young readers and beyond. And speaking of beyond, she actually has a new book coming out, which she'll tell you all about. But, you know, when I asked her about what was the reason why you decided to have a publishing company, and she said it was really to leave a legacy for her family and for her children. And Martika, speaking of children, actually has an incredibly powerful story that could have been a really tragic one of growing up uh, in a family uh, dealing with uh, opioid addiction. And she is a survivor, but I I don't even want to say survivor. I want to say that she's a thriver because she has this, you can do anything attitude. And I am really excited to bring Martika and her energy to our podcast today. So I know that was a lot in the in, the intro there, Martika, but uh, if you could start by telling us a little bit about your childhood. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, she was saying, you know, I didn't have the ideal childhood. Um, my parents, um, even though they were smart, they were smart individuals, um, my parents were... Um, uh, well, my mother, she's since passed. That's why I'm using the past tense. But um, she, um, yeah, she, you know, even though she was a scholar, you know, she went to college. Um, she got a Bachelor of Science degree in sociology and psychology. She still fell victim to the opioid crisis. Um, you know, all it takes is an injury and then you go to the doctor and then they prescribe you uh, with the opioids. And then from there, it's pretty much history um, um, when there's no process to um to taper off the the medication. And so um, I knew once a month coming up that I would see my parents, um, more so my mom in an um, uncomfortable state uh, or a state, an altered state that made me uncomfortable. And um, it affected me emotionally because I knew that my mother had all this potential that's where I get my drive and energy from is from her. And so it it was disheartening for me to see that, that this addiction had this, um, this hold on her that it almost defeated her and um and then to whenever um as she talked about my, my upcoming book as you read that you'll see how that addiction you know it further evolved so um yeah that was my childhood um they my parents still instilled in me the importance of education and putting that first um I know before the podcast, um, Julie was asking me hey you know have you taken a writing course and a uh, quick story um you know, um, in high school, I thought I was signing up, you know, you have to sign up for your courses. And I thought I had signed up just for the advanced English course, but I signed, my dad signed the line for AP probably by accident. 
And I went to my guidance counselor and I'm like, hey, can we change this back to advance? And she was like, no, I really think you can do it. And I'm so glad that she did because that was just really the catapult to me having just um, just an enhancement in my writing skills and just um, it, it further enriched my love for English and writing. Oh, I love how like one moment, right, can really change the trajectory of your life. And, you know, just to pause for a moment on, you know, we haven't yet touched on the opioid crisis in the podcast yet. And I appreciate that you are sharing the story of a child living through their parents going through this and a reminder that, you know, yes, there's an opioid crisis for, you know, there's definitely people that are homeless and dealing with opioid crisis for sure. But Mm -hmm. how many of those people actually were functioning members of society before, right? There's a whole, I think, misunderstanding about how devastating this crisis is for children, for families. And so what I really appreciate about your voice and your courage is that you're standing up to say like, who's taking care of these children. Um, I will link to your blog post in the show notes. Definitely worth reading it. As uh, Martika mentioned, she's this ability to write in a way that it just really clarifies that this is not, um, something that we need to overlook. Like we need to be really paying attention to how it's affecting children. So uh, you uh, you said you did AP English, you know, finished high school. Did you go on and continue with your education after that? Oh, yes, yes. I was... Um... I was fortunate enough to, again, because my parents pushed me and pushed me. So, you know, I was very involved in the scholarly types of clubs and, and organizations in high school. And I was fortunate enough to make it to the final round of the, the Gates Scholarship Program. So I'm a Gates Scholar. Wow. <laughs> yes. And I remember my mom, she was so excited about um, knowing whether or not that I got the scholarship that she actually opened my mail for me because she was just so excited. <laughs> So um, she wanted to be the first to tell me, you know, Um, but yeah. And from there, you know, I could have went to any um, school in the nation, you know, on their dime. However, when I set foot on Murray State University's campus, there was something about the campus. And I, I don't know if you know this or you've been told this prior to going to school, but they always say, you know, when you know, and I had toured all sorts of other schools, but it was just Murray State. It just did it for me. And they were also top two in the country, their occupational safety and health program. And that's what I was going for. And yeah, so yeah, I attended Murray State um, twice, um, undergrad. And then whenever I uh, relocated to the city, uh, to Chicago for my first big girl job, I continued on with my master's in occupational safety and health as well. So yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, because I'm here in Canada, I didn't know that the Gates scholarship was, you could just choose wherever you would go. So that's amazing that it supported you. Okay. So just like a quick side note, how did you like get into occupational health and safety? Because that's like a pretty specific career. Doesn't have anything to do with English or writing, which we know is one of your passions. Uh, You know, so how did that come about? Yes. Okay. It's, oh my goodness. So um, being, so I was accepted for um, it was a an award program um, at Murray. Whenever you were in high school, they had um, just certain students that they selected for this award. And so I, I got to go to Murray State for that. And while I was there, I was speaking with one of the current students there. And um, at the at the, the Manor Hall, the cafeteria, and I'm talking to him about, hey, you know, I'm going to be an accountant because I had the business track in uh-huh. high school. And he said, you know, you don't strike me as the kind of person who's 
going to sit behind a computer and that's going to be your life. Have you thought of, have you ever heard about OSHA? And I'm like, what? What's OSHA? And that the rest is history from there. So wait, <laughs> so what's OSHA? Yes. OSHA is um, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration here in the U.S. So we just focus on keeping employees safe at work. Okay. I don't work for OSHA, but I work in the construction field where I ensure that OSHA standards are being followed and employees okay. are safe first and foremost. Okay. Super important. And we have a similar organization here in Canada. I actually have some friends that work in that field as well. So awesome. Okay. So you're working, you job. Um, now, now you have a family. So you have three children. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you're a full-time working mom, three kids, and then you decide to launch, write a book and launch a publishing company. <laughs> yeah. How did you, you know, was it that love for English that kept going? Like, how did you, it kind of seems like all of a sudden, you know, you have this amazing career, you're doing really well. I know you're a driven person with lots of big goals and dreams. So how did the whole book thing come into your life? Yes. Um, well, funny enough. So, um, all my goals, and I tell people this, even whenever I do my motivational speeches for children, uh, for the youth, is that success is in you and whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you can and you will. And so January 2019, I declared to myself, hey, I'm going to be a published author by the, by the end of this year. And I did that. You know, I will live my best life too. Here it is. <laughs> this is my debut children's book. And this is the one that I dedicated to my children and also to the children affected by the opioid crisis. And um, yeah, this was published in September of 2019. I worked hard. Um, everything that you see, all the concepts down to the colors, I chose those. I was very I'm heavily involved in the production because, uh, you know, quality is, you know, is key with everything. So that that's what led me to that. Um, and also to leaving something tangible for my children so that they have something to just to hold and to, uh, to cherish in terms of being a, a better person in life. And yes, all those things. That's amazing that you, you know, you decided to lead with a children's book, but really again, going back to your own childhood and then inspiring other children that you can do whatever it is that you choose to, you can, mm -hmm. success is available for everyone. Uh, did you work with an illustrator? I did. Yes. I worked with um, Mr. Maurice Terry Jr. He's out of, I want to say out of Houston, Texas. Uh, so I partnered with him and um, for my first project. And then um, as my other projects come along, I I seek out to see who's the best fitting for the illustration project at hand, but he's the one and he did a, a, a spectacular our job on that. So if anybody is wanting to hire him on, I, I support that 100%. So, yes. So that's okay. So just walk me through this a little bit. Like you have a full-time job, you have three young children, you're writing a book. How did you find time to share the book and promote the book and like grow this? Cause now you have a second and the third book list. So you publish a second book and you have a third book. I mean, there are many people listening right now who are moms who, you know, want to do something like this. And they're just thinking that I just don't know where I could find the time. Honestly, like I'm already feel like my plate is super full. How did you make that happen, Martika? Yes. So I will say um, I could not have done the, the first project um, uh, without um, the help of their father. Um, you know, um, he was um, because he's in the military and um, but he afforded me the opportunity at that time. When I published the first one, I was working part time as an instructor for the technical community college system here in Kentucky. And so I did have time to uh, more time to commit to that. And so from there, I was able to uh, put together 
a nine-stop book tour all over wow. the Yes, and I also um, went back to Chicago and partnered with a, a, a Black-owned bookstore there by the name of Semicolon, and then also in Nashville at Akabulan Images. And uh, that's, if I had to give any advice, um, it's just to keep going, do something small every day towards your goal, because now I work full time and it's all about just making time for your dream. That's all it is. So every little bit of time that I have, sometimes that is um, sacrificing some of my sleep. <laughs> That's always a given anyway, whenever you're a mother. But um, yeah, you just have to make it work. And now that we're in the co-parenting phase, because, hey, I'm a recent divorcee, <laughs> you know, also using that time whenever they're spending time with their father to to pour into my my projects. Wow. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to ask a question and pardon my ignorance if this is sounds ignorant, but I'm curious, is it important for you for your book to be shared as a book written by a black author or is it more like what's important? Is it the book gets out in the children's section under like supporting children, you know, through the opioid crisis or being featured as a black author? Like what is, um, cause I've, heard that and this may or may not be correct that some black authors just want to be like put in there the, the right category for the book as opposed to being featured just as a black author because people might not see it in the category that it's meant to be is that important for you I just want my message out there. Yeah. So the yeah. former is important to me. I, I just, I feel as though my message is, uh, is essential because there, there are some children who don't have that voice that's telling them that you can be great. I know that you don't see it around you, but you can be as phenomenal as you want to be in life, go wherever you want, become whoever you want in life. So mine is all about the messaging. Um, if you also want to use the fact that um, my characteristics, that's fine as well, but yeah. more, it's, it's all about the message. Okay. No, that's, I, I hope you under, like, I hope, you know, yeah. That's okay to ask. I, I'm just really curious oh, yeah. about different experiences about, again, getting books out there, right? So yeah. what, tell me about your second book for children. Yeah. So my second book, and uh, Julie, do you mind if we do a quick pause, a mommy pause yeah. real quick? Okay. Sure. Thank you so much. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. Okay. So, uh, 
That is exactly what it's like to be a mom and an entrepreneur working from home and kids happen to be home today. Like that's life. So we took a quick pause. What Martika was just about to share with us, though, her second kid's book, because I want to hear about that one. Absolutely. So everyone, this is I Am Loved and I Love Me. And uh, this one, the, the main character, she is in the image of my daughter, Penelope, my oldest, who's four. Oh. And yeah, this one, I wanted to create something that would help to build a healthy foundation of self-love for children. So these, this book is, it consists of short, memorable rhymes that speak to self-love. So I'm important. I believe in me. I am loved and I love me. So all of that, and it's centered around um, the concept of them being in ballet class, for example, and which is what Penelope loves. So yeah, this one is perfect, ages zero to eight. And I've even had adults purchase the book for their adult girlfriend. So it's really for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you know, when you reached out to me, you know, self-love is a something that you're really passionate about and, and wanting to help people with. And that's why I wanted to share your second book. Because I think what you just said there is like, you've had adults purchase it. I think like so many of us adults need that self-love to our inner child that is just crying out to be loved and to know that we are loved and we are safe. So yeah, yeah, there's a, such an important part. How does like for you in your life with your, your children, how does self-love show up for you? And like, do you even have time for that? You know, I make time. I make time for self-love now that I've gone and we'll talk more about my self-discovery journey. Um, but now that I've, because at first I thought I had attained this level of self-love that everyone should have. And then it wasn't until um, the the impending divorce, that period where I realized, oh my goodness, I have not arrived. <laughs> But now I have, but at that point I thought that I had, but um, I keep that um, at the forefront of our household by, I have them say their affirmations daily and I check in with them to say, um, I ask them, you know, hey, did you say your affirmations for today? And they'll let me know yes or no, they're, they're honest. And so if they haven't, then I'm like, we'll go over there in the mirror and say them. And they get to make them up. And um, I'll talk about how Hugh, he can't say all of them, you know, but he'll pick a couple and then he'll give himself a kiss in the mirror. So I just want them to start building that healthy, um, that healthy routine of just speaking positively to themselves. Yeah, I started that with my daughter. Actually, we did it for a long time when she was quite young, that whole just reminder of, of speaking kindly to yourself. So it's really important. You know, what I think um, listeners might want to take from this interview is that, you know, there is a really important place for how we are treating our children, paying attention to our children, uh, and acknowledging that, you know, children go through trauma in different ways. Um, like you, you had been through trauma as a child and acknowledging that that child also needs to be cared for. Yeah. We treat the addict, we treat the, that person, but also what's happening with the child and the work that you're doing is really helping, you know, get that message of we've got to take care of our children and our inner child. So tell me a little bit about that, like maybe expand on that story um, that you were saying about your own self-discovery and how you kind of got to that place. Yes. Um, so uh, and uh, all of that, um, that's a good segue to what to do with these red flags, which is my third book. Um, this was on my heart. If anyone knows me, I'm a private person. However, I'm in the season of living out my purpose. And in order for me to do that, I have to be transparent and candid. And it was on my heart to produce this book because 
we have to hold ourselves accountable and we have to take the time for that self-discovery journey to understand who we are, why we feel a certain way, why we react a certain way when we should be responding. And my book, you know, it, it just, it carries you through the importance of self-care, the importance of self-love, the importance of just doing a mirror check to see, is it your season of dating and being involved with someone romantically, or is it your season of getting to know who you are through self-discovery? Oh, that's so good. Yes, I love that. Can you repeat that again about the season? Yes, yes. Um, just taking a step back to understand which season that you're in, in your own life. Is it the season of cultivating a new relationship with, in a romantic sense? Or should it be cultivating a relationship with you, who you are at the core? Because we have to know who we are going into relationships so that we have our boundaries in place, our non-negotiables. We know what we like versus what we don't like. And that way we're, we're complete going into this relationship. Yeah, we're not looking for you complete me, which is not. Oh we're not so doing healthy. that. <laughs> it, not. You know, I love that you bring this up because I just posted um, my blog. I re, I like re-updated my blog of how my husband and I met mm-hmm. because I did the work before. So I am divorced uh, from a, my first husband many, mm-hmm. many years ago. We thankfully did not have children together because he is an alcoholic. And I was like, I don't want to have children with an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I was pretty clear. And he would not acknowledge that he was an alcoholic. So I was like, well, I mean, obviously there was more to it than that, but the bottom line was for me that I had seen one of my really good friends from mm-hmm. high school grow up with an alcoholic parent. And I saw how, what that did to her and how hard it was for her. So I didn't want to do the same with, you know, my future family. So, um, you know, after that time I went through a lot of different things. I like traveled overseas. I sewed my, I literally sewed my wild oats as we would say. And then, um, you know, about a year later, I took some time to really get clarity on what I was looking for in a partner. So I'll, you know what, maybe I'll link to that blog as well in the show notes. If you want to hear like my journey of how I found clarity and then literally attracted the perfect partner for me, yes. for me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he had been single for a year and a half because he had had a bad breakup and he didn't, he wanted to be ready before he got into his next relationship. So I have a lot of respect for him for also doing the work. So it's, I, I hear what you're saying. And I know like from my own life that that actually can work and, you know, turn into something really successful. So I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's a prime example of what I'm, what I'm speaking to in my book. Um, I speak, if you follow me to on my, any of my platforms, I'm big on energy. The energy that you put out is what you've received. So you said, Hey, you know, I took the time to really focus on me and that's the energy that you exuded. So you got that in return. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And we, it's really hard to attract, like, if you are vibing low and you are feeling down on yourself, like what are you, you're not going to attract somebody who's like, has self-confidence and feels good about themselves. You're going to attract someone who probably has similar things and sometimes maybe even more damaging, right? You mentioned red flags. So are you kind of coaching us around that? Like how we like see these things like in your book? Yeah, absolutely. I do speak, uh, speak directly on the red flags and not only knowing how to recognize the red flags of others, the externals, but also our own flags, our internal red flags. I don't know if we've been conditioned or if we've even taken a, a second to think about, I can have red flags too. Yeah. <laughs> 
I speak in my book about it can't always be the other person that's the problem person and we're the perceived per- perfect person. It's not how it works. Even if another the other person, for example, mistreated you for a certain amount of time or for a long period of time, what was your red flag then for allowing yourself to stay in a situation? So just a, looking, looking at it from a different perspective and doing a mirror check and holding yourself accountable. That's a tough one for sure. That is an absolutely really tough thing that you're tackling. And I appreciate that because it is difficult when you are on the receiving end to take responsibility for having the courage to make a change or leave or get out or whatever it is. Um, Those things are not easy. And so I have a lot of respect for uh, women, especially because it is mostly women who are able to make that decision and that choice to, to go. Right. Cause it's not, it's sometimes it's, we think that it's easier to stay. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> we do. So I want to um, wrap this up with getting back to gratitude. Cause I know that's a really big foundation of how you live your life. And you, when we first connected, you shared with me an evening practice that you do. And mm-hmm. I would love if you're okay to share that with oh, yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. So each evening, whenever, um, so we have a, a nightly routine with the children, um, you know, you know, we do their showers, their baths, and then they pick out their story. Each one, each baby gets a story to pick out. Of course, the older two, now they pick out one for win because, you know, and um, so we do story time and then I tuck them in. Sing. I have a song that I created for each of them. Oh. <laughs> I really love my babies. <laughs> so yeah, they each have their own individual song that I'll sing to them. And then uh, as I lay them down to sleep, I'll, I'll place my, the palm of my hand on their forehead and I'll just say, uh, thank you, Lord, for my baby. And I do that for each of them every night because I tr- motherhood is such a blessing. It's my most prestigious title that I hold. And um, yeah, I just, I'm in love um, with, the, with the journey of motherhood and my, my children. And I want them to know that I'm grateful for them. And I want them to hear that every night. Oh, that's so beautiful. And your kid, tell us again, how old are your kids? Yeah, so a four, two, and one, Penelope, Hugh, and Wynn. Oh my goodness. I I just remember that time my daughter is turning 11. Probably by the time this comes out, it'll be, it might actually come out, you know, right around her birthday. And, you know, when you talk about that, like that's such precious time when you do the stories and all that, you know, they just, they get older and you kind of get away from that. But I love that. And I love that, that gratitude practice, the mirror, mirror work you're doing with your children it's mm-hmm. so powerful. And even though, you know, my daughter doesn't do that anymore, she doesn't, but I, mm-hmm. we did it at the, there's that critical time before children are six years old as how we feed their brain, how we feed their mind and their self image. So, um, you know, it sounds like your books are really amazing to help, uh, parents have these kind of conversations with their kids. Cause I mean, most of us didn't grow up, you know, doing mirror work. <laughs> I know I didn't. I, right? did I definitely did not. <laughs> Most of us, self-love wasn't even spoken about. Certainly yes. having a gratitude practice was not something I developed as a child. So um, this, you know, when you say leaving a legacy, you know, we can leave a legacy for our children just through these simple actions that we're doing on a daily basis. So, oh, yeah. oh Martika, that's amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you, where's the best place for people to connect with you? 
Yes, the best place is if you go to my website, which is www.martikachanel.com. And from there, there's a tab that says Let's Connect. And you can select your platform, whichever one you're privy to. And yeah, we can connect that way. And I do interact with uh, all of my supporters because I'm truly grateful for each of you. Um, you could be on anyone else's platform. <laughs> and But to sew into to, to my, my mission and just uh, to like or to comment means everything to me. Yeah. And actually, before we do wrap things up, share with us what is, because you have a really powerful mission statement. Do you want to share that with us? Yes. My mission statement is self-love and inspiration in every heart. Oh, I so want to just like reach through Zoom and across the country and North America and just give you a huge hug. And say thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart, your love, your joy, your energy with us on the podcast today. Uh, Friends, I really encourage you to take a look at uh, Martika's website and her books. um, Just to take a a closer look at how we can serve our children, how we can create a legacy. And I just want to say thank you again, uh, Martika, for being on the podcast today. Thank you. And thank you, truly. Thank you, Julie. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.